What is up, podcast fam? My name is Jeremy Abramson, and I am so grateful that you are taking time out of your day and spending it with me here right now. 2020 is going to be such a special year, not only for me, but for you and for us. This community that we are cultivating is so special, and I am on a mission to impact 20 million lives worldwide through movement, gratitude, and joy, and I cannot do that without your help. So, Please continue supporting the show, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, and make sure to engage with me on social media. Hit me up on Instagram, CoachJeremy305, so we can keep this conversation going. I hope you enjoy today's show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Stand Up to Sitting podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And ladies and gentlemen, I am so pumped for today's show with the one and only Miss Koya Webb. And Koya is a world-renowned yoga teacher, healer, and energy exchanger. She's the heart-centered thought leader and creator of the Get Loved Up movement, whose mission is to spread love consciousness worldwide. And in her free time, she likes to write incredible books right here and host podcasts. Koya, welcome to the show. I just wanted to go. Yes. Can I be, can I be your hype person? Like for real? Yes, absolutely. Any day. Yo, I'm so, I'm so excited for this connection. Um, Just a quick background. We met like, I think Sunday night. So two nights ago Mm -hmm. at dinner. Luckily, the only available seat at the table was next to me, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it's just been a fun vibe getting to know you. And it's been amazing. Yeah, and seeing the light that you're spreading. Thank you. Thank you. Your energy is fierce as well, and you know, just sitting down next to you and engaging in conversation and leading up to today, I just think that's what life is about, just connecting and realizing we're all one and seeing that God in you, seeing that light in you, seeing that energy in you yes. is just a beautiful experience, and I think we should all look for that and provide that for each other. Mm. When did you realize that you had this unique gift of connecting with others, and I think you mentioned before that you're you're kind of this empath, right? Who has the ability to be beyond compassionate with people and understand kind of where they're at. Um, has that been something that you've had for a while? Well, I think we all have these gifts. I think we all have unique gifts that are specific to each and every one of us, but we just have to kind of clear the barriers that block mm. um, us expressing our unique gifts and talents to the fullest. And I think for me in college, I had a track injury. And when I went to yoga and found breath work, that really helped me unlock all of the barriers to my greatness, to my healing, to my power, to my abundance. And every year I just get stronger and stronger in expressing who I truly am. Mm. And what is something that maybe you've recently unlocked that's allowed you to even step into your power more? I would definitely say breakthrough breath work. 
Mm-hmm. I um, stumbled. I've done it. I had done it before last year um, and maybe a couple years, a, a class here and a class there. And one of my friends wanted me to promote um, this online breathwork course. And I was like, oh, I've taken a couple classes, but, you know, I do Nali Kriya and Kapalabhati breath and Nadi Sword and all these other different types of breathwork. Yeah. I've only had a couple classes with this one. I don't really fully understand what it is and what it's doing. So I want to know a little bit more about it. And so I was doing a summit um, with John Paul Crimi, who is an amazing breathwork teacher out of LA. And he was having a course and he was having a teacher training. So I took it and oh my goodness, after doing yoga and meditation and, you know, my own type of pranayama, which is, you know, breath work, just moving the breath. And I found out in college that I felt breath was spirit and it's just moving spirit through the body in different ways. Mm. So I found when I went through this course, I was releasing, it was bringing up old trauma that I experienced when I was doing hypnotherapy. Like I could go back to things that I hadn't even experienced in this lifetime. I would have visions of different traumas and I was like oh okay that's intense but then I release it and then during the breath work we would bring up past events past traumas frustrations anything like that and we'd bring it up we'd address it and then we do the breath work and clear it from our body and that has been the most impactful thing that I've done that's the most impactful thing I did in 2019 and I did a lot of things I launched my book I launched my protein but doing the breath work and having a tool that can not only help myself but help my family and my community heal Mm -hmm. and unblock all those barriers to being their greatest and most vibrant self, man, that hits right in my heart space because it helps me be of service even more. Yeah, I love that. And I know I recently listened to a show that you had done previously and you talked about going through some of those healing practices with your sister and having some vulnerable conversations with your brother. And I can definitely relate to that. And I feel like sometimes because of this context that we create, uh, it's sometimes really challenging to get through to our loved ones because we have so many past experiences with them and and all of these um, perceptions that we've already created. So can you talk about kind of that, that recent experience with your sister and with your brother and what was the thing that kind of was able to take that to the next level that maybe you weren't able to unlock before? Mm, that's such a good question because like you, the the main person we want to get through to is our families because we love them so much. Mm. And I think the biggest thing for me is realizing patience and unconditional love and acceptance. Mm. So loving everyone in my family for who they were, whether they were eating like I ate or doing what I do or doing the breath work, just loving them where they were, that's what I had to learn because I'd always want to share new things and share new things. But all the time, they just wanted a hug and they just wanted to talk to me and connect. They didn't necessarily want to elevate through a year of teachings that I gotten while I was out in California and want to come home in November and dump onto them. You know, they just wanted their sister to cook some food and to hug on and to, you know, click my ears, you know, whatever. They just want to have a good time. And so once I realized that, um, I no longer came home and dumped information, even though I Mm. was sharing the information for me, I was sharing the information because I wanted to them to feel and experience all 
all the blessings that I had from this information. For from their perspective, I was dumping the information yes, and they didn't yo. ask for it. And it wasn't always the perfect timing, you know, at the dinner table where everyone's eating like Kentucky Fried Chicken is not the time to talk about like all of the things in the chicken and how it's like the worst thing for the planet, you know. And so I had to learn balance and respect. Mm. And so now I meet a person and I look at a person and no matter what they're doing, I see love. No matter if they're homeless on the side of the street or if they're in a mansion in Hollywood, I look at a person and I see love and I see God and I meet them there. And then every conversation after that is me meeting them from that space, not from a space of judgment, no matter how much they have or how much they don't have. And when I'm able to do that, I'm able to not project anything onto them. So only share information if the information is asked or if it comes up, you know, and that's trusting spirit and having faith that I don't have to run out and try to be everybody's savior. I have my podcast. I have my books. If people are meant for me to be their teacher, I will be their teacher. I don't have to run out and feel like I have to save my family, even though you want to because you love them so much, when they are ready and when I just act and I make food and I love them as they are, that is when I saw the breakthrough. That's when they start asking me questions. Wow, Koi, they saw me shifting, they saw me changing, and they saw me talking less and being more. And that's when they started asking me more questions. And then when I didn't say, hey, come and do this with me, when I was just hanging out, they'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing a little breath work. Um, Do you want to join me? And just invite them instead of force them or tell them, hey, you need to be doing this. That's when the magic started to happen. And just inviting them like, hey, me and my sister are doing breath work. Um, My brother, Armand, was like, do you want to come and and join us? He's like, all right, I guess I will for a little while. And then he laid down there for 20 minutes and they both got up, tears streaming down on our face, hugging each other and just connecting. He's like, what just happened? Do you know? And so that's what can happen when you have unconditional love and that you're sharing and meeting someone from a place of non-judgment, but just meeting them in a space of love, seeing them as love, no matter where they are on their journey. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And like a quick story for me is for the longest time, you know, my parents, my dad comes from a medical background, but they're doing okay. Like they're doing things to take care of their health and wellness, but they're like 71, 72 right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, seeing my mom put Splenda in her coffee and I'm like, ma, like you don't need that. Let's, let's search for a healthier alternative. In the past, I would be, I think, coming at them from a place like you were saying, like almost like dumping on them right? Trying to like force this on them rather coming from a place of love. Like, yo ma, like I want to give you grandkids someday and I want you to be your best version of yourself so we can have an abundant life together. And you're able to run around with them and do these things. And I'm concerned that if you continue putting things like this in your body, that might not allow you to do that. And when I kind of presented things from that perspective, I felt like there's a nice cosmic shift and we started building momentum, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like um, in those instances, especially with food, what I've done that's been helpful is like, okay, I'll see something and I'll observe it. When I first observe it, I don't say anything. I just do my thing. And if there's an opportunity for me to grab some like real sugar or raw sugar, uh, the next time I'm around them, I'll say, I got this uh, raw sugar for you. And they're like, oh my goodness. So you're giving them a gift. 
Mm. Right. And they're like, how is that different from what I've been using? Or if they don't ask, you can tell them like this. Um, I've noticed I used to use that, too. Or I've researched both of these kind and this kind is even better for you because da, 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 da. And when you present it as a gift, as an offering and not making them wrong, like not making people seem like they're doing something wrong because people are not trying to kill themselves. Right. right. It's the mass amount of marketing out there that says use Splenda instead of sugar because it's lower in calories. And so it's hard for a person to deal with all the information that's coming them from the media and other people that think whoever told them they were, it was healthy in the first place. And then they're coming from someone who loves them. So they want to listen to you, but they have things coming at all directions. Yeah. But I feel like when you give someone in love, their heart is open more as instead of being defensive, because look, I'm having all this information. I'm just trying to enjoy my coffee. So I'm not, I, I hear you, but I'm not really listening to you, you know? And I found that's how my mom was until I start, Hey mom, she drinks coffee every day. And you know, instead of saying, mom, the coffee is like wrecking your adrenals and it's killing all your adrenal surgeries and then you know you're going to need more and more and get more and more tired and not have your own natural sources of energy instead of that narrative right. I say hey mom I got this amazing herbal coffee and I think you might like it do you want to try it yeah she's like no I don't want to try it and you're you trying to replace my regular coffee no just taste it trust me she tastes it oh my goodness this is good so that's kind of the narrative but i'm trying to really lead with love and lead with offerings and gifts versus taking something away or judging mm. because i feel like people receive it from what i've seen in a more loving way and they're more apt to make a long-term change yeah. when things are giving and love versus fear yeah and i love this concept you mentioned about being like embodying that thing that you want to exemplify. And a lot of times I think we have it twisted. We think that if we have something like, yo, if I have this dope whip or this big crib, I'm going to be happy rather than like, let's be happy and then see what, what comes from that. Like, let's yeah. see what abundant things we continue to create. And I know you talk a lot about manifesting. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I, and I hear this term getting thrown around a lot. Like, what are your keys? Uh, what does manifesting mean to you? And how can we actually like put these things into action rather than just speaking them into existence is definitely a part of it. But how can we take the next step? Well, I think the most important thing to know is that we're always manifesting. Mm. Like based on the law of attraction, you know, whether you're aware of it or not, your thoughts and your even your unconscious thoughts are creating the reality that we're all living in. Yes. And so when I talk about manifesting, I like to talk about mindful manifesting, which is making conscious decisions on what you want to attract and bring into your life. And also making sure the things that you don't want, you're, you're letting them come up so that you can switch them around and make sure if they're coming up because of trauma or because of fear, you're changing them around. I say changing limiting beliefs and fears to liberating affirmations. So when you change those around, you're no longer creating a reality you don't want. Anytime you're creating a reality or living in a reality in this world, we're living in a reality that we don't want in some areas. So that means that there's places in yourself and in mm. the world that need more love. So that's what I feel like fear is. And so instead of manifesting more and more fear, we want to manifest more and more love. So how do you do that? And the number one step is gratitude. Say, instead of talking about all the things wrong in the world, talk about all the things that are good. And for those things are wrong, you can say, okay, 
I want to make an intention. This is how I'm going to do my part in making a change in that area. So gratitude, intention setting, and uh, the third thing is forgiveness. Like sometimes mm. we do things like, oh, I want to make this world a better place, but I just littered. I just want to make this world a better place, but okay, today I'm using single-use plastics. You know, so little things like, you know what, I'm doing the best that I can. I could have chosen a paper straw instead of plastic, so next time I'm going to choose that. So not beating mm. yourself up, not even trying to be perfect, but just being aware of places where you can, okay, I'm going to take shorter showers or I'm going to carpool, like whatever little thing that you can do to make you feel good in that day, yeah. whatever's in alignment with you is a beautiful thing. And I think the more we encourage each other to do the best we can versus shaming each other and judging each other and putting other people down who are not doing the things that exactly like we're doing, the more people are going to say, okay, I'm going to do a little bit better. I'm going to do a little bit better. I'm going to make a difference. Instead of, I can't be perfect like Jeremy, so I'm not even going to be I'm not going to do right. everything Koi is doing. So whatever, I'm not even on that wavelength, you know, yeah. but I try to make people realize like we're all together, you know, and if one person is suffering, I'm suffering. Mm. So I'm going to try to meet you in love because I know if I don't, then we're all going to suffer through whatever you're experiencing because of the fear of not feeling like whatever one thing you do matters because it does. We're all going to feel the impact of that. Right. So we have... For your three three steps of manifesting, number one is gratitude. Gratitude. Number two, is, I know number three. Intention setting. And good. And number three is forgiveness. Yes. And number four is aligning your chakras. Mm. Which and you talk about that in the book, right? I talk about the chakras. Chakras are just your spiritual energy centers. We all have them. You know, when you get that gut feeling and your mm. that's your solar plexus chakra. And that governs you standing in your power. I just got in a car, and this is how sensitive I am. I got in a car. I was so thirsty. Normally, I don't drink out of plastic, but I was so thirsty. So I grabbed the little water out of the guys, you know, the Uber water thing, and I drank it, and then and immediately my stomach was cramping. I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. And I hadn't drank, like, water. You don't want to drink plasma water sitting in the car. I know better, but I was, sun, yeah. I was thirsty, you know. So, and then I was like, I, but I listened to my body. I was like, okay, you're done. And I put it back. And then I got to um, where I was going to sacred space and I drank some water, some fresh water. And it totally, it was literally 20 minutes later. And my stomach was like, ah, thank you. Mm. You know, and so when we're doing things, um, we are either really circulating in a healthy, energetic way, or we're circulating in a negative way. So when you start with the chakras, you have your root chakra, which is the base. It's your safety and security. Are you grounded? Do you have a place to stay? Are you comfortable? And most people are not. Like if you're traveling a lot, like I do sometimes, my root chakra can be off. If you're staying in a place where you don't feel safe, it could be off. Your sacral chakra is about creativity and expression and your sexuality. So if you feel like you can express yourself, you feel comfortable mm. being who you are, that's going to be, you know, vibrating, you know, in a healthy level. But if not, if you've been assaulted or if you feel like you can't express yourself, which a lot of people who feel like they're ostracized because of their sexual preferences might have a lot of blocks there because they feel like they can't fully express. And then your solar plexus, if you don't feel like you can stand in your power, someone's always controlling you over you, that chakra can be compromised. Heart chakra, if you feel like you can't give and receive love, mm. you know, you might be able to give, 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 but you don't, you're like, no, no, not me. I'm fine. You don't know how to yes. receive, which is me for a long time. 
that chakra can need a little love and energy. And then your throat chakra is all about speaking. So are you speaking your truth? Are you standing up? Or are you more quiet and afraid? And then your third eye is about intuition. So are you allowing yourself quiet time for intuition and divine downloads? Or are you blocked? And do you not even believe that that's possible? And then the last chakra, that crown chakra, is all about getting and receiving divine downloads from the universe, the oneness that governs us all. So when you work on those chakras and making, so they can be overactive, underactive, or balanced. But when you work on balancing those chakras on a daily balance, um, on a daily basis, you usually feel your best. Yeah. And you mentioned this morning that you were having some divine downloads. Do you want to share some of those? (laughs) Yes. So divine downloads for me are usually they come, they can come at any time in the day, but a lot of times they come in the morning after like this great, you know, good sleep. Yes. And so this morning I was just getting this download about just how this year, like I'm going through a lot of duality and duality meaning you know the light the dark the hot the cold um the good the bad if you want to look at it that way right and so I came here I lost my driver's license you know and then my hotel wouldn't allow me to check in early and I called them 30 minutes before but I got there and they went and they told me I didn't even call which I'm like I'm sure I did I wouldn't just say this right yeah and so I had to go after a red eye, 11 p.m., and then got to um, Fort Lauderdale at 6 a.m. No shower. I had to go and teach on stage to a packed room in my street clothes. I didn't get to change. I didn't get to shower. But I went in and taught one of the most amazing classes I've ever taught. I got great feedback. And so that, that reminded me, no matter what you're dealt with, you are here to shine. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter how much sleep you got. It doesn't matter if everyone spits on you and you don't get into your hotel and you lose your driver's license, you are here to shine your light, period, Mm. point blank. Mm. And I was like, I have chills right now. And I also get chills like when I feel like something that I say is in divine alignment, it's like, that's it. So it was just the universe just telling me like, this is what this year is going to look like for you. And I'm going to need you 100% show up like you did. Like you always have to show up in light. You always have to show up in love and know that you are divinely supported and provided for. And I was like, okay, because I was, you know, worried about today and worried about different things. And then that download came down. And then when in the breath work, you know, um, just administering the breath work, like I'm still in my first year of like working it. And I was wondering, am I going to do this right? And I'm going to do that right. And then Mm. the download came that you have at every moment an infinite connection to everything to source so everything that you say and everything you're meant to say is going to be available at the tip of the tongue at the right time so I'm like okay so it's just like surrendering fully surrendering and allowing those blessings and those guidance from the universe to just calm and really guide my thoughts around having a strong presentation and being able to show up as myself, as love, and know that that's all I need to do in any moment. Yes. I think it's so nice, too, like you said, that you got that test. Yeah. Starting the year off, right? Because we we oftentimes say, like, these things aren't happening to you. They're happening for you. Right. And it's like, if you overcame all of that and still managed to have and facilitate these incredible experiences, then you're going to be prepared for anything life throws at you. 
You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I feel like that's what takes us out sometimes as humanity. Like sometimes we feel like I have a chapter in my book that talks about I'm not a victim, I'm a creator. So yes, things have happened to me in my life that have been very traumatic. Mm. And things happen to pretty, pretty much a lot of people in life that are very devastating and traumatic. And what I like to remind people and what I remind myself all the time is that we are not what happens to us. We are what we create from what happens to us. So even with your brother and even with, you know, us when we experience, it's like we have to remember that we are the creators. And even though we might in the moment feel like a victim and why me, why did this happen? And why is this happening? You have to remember that everything is a lesson. Yes. And when you can find the lesson, it becomes a blessing and you realize that, okay, if I can take this and overcome this, I can share this story and help someone else going through the same thing. Because at the end of the day, again, we are all one. And oneness is something I always go back to because I think a lot of people feel so much separation. Yeah. You know, oh, well, you have life different because you this, this, this. And true, we all living different lives. But at the same time, we are this oneness, this spiritual energy living as different people. But there's still mm. a divine connection. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I want... There's a couple ways I want to take this, but since you mentioned the traumas and stuff like that and the forgiveness and the guilt and the shame that comes along with that sometimes, mm -hmm. I know you were a victim of sexual abuse when mm -hmm. you were younger, and I'm just wondering a little bit, as much as you're willing to share about kind of the journey of transitioning from the victim, taking ownership and understanding how you can evolve and use that experience to help others. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I can evolve from a state of feeling like the victim because, yes, I was a victim in that moment, but the more that I keep playing that narrative in my head, then I continue to feel like the victim. Mm. But if I'm saying, you know what, this happened to me, and if I can still write a book, do a podcast, do all the things I'm doing, I'm not going to let one instance of someone else's whatever they decided to do and how they decided to do it and how they decided to abuse or take advantage of a situation, if I let that affect me, then I am my, I become my abuser, right? Yeah. So people abuse you once, but if you continue to, you know, replay that narrative, you're actually abusing yourself every time you think about and replay that story in your head. But if you take that and you're like, you know what? practicing forgiveness, which is the hardest thing to do, especially when you're assaulted, especially especially when it's someone you know, and most assaults happen from someone the person knows. And in How my old case, were you when this happened? I was in high school. Hmm. And so it was my best friend at the time. And so I was just wow. like, okay, so why did this happen? And why me? And what did I do wrong? And so a lot of times um, you can feel like it was your fault. You can replay the scenario in your head a million, million times. And I was just racking myself under the clothes. Like, I couldn't trust people, you know, and I still, I definitely still have trust issues where I'm just like, you really have to prove to me that I can trust you before I trust you. Like my heart is open and I allow people into my life. But when it comes to intimate relationships, I definitely have a higher standard of what I can really trust or accept in my life. Like I really, you really, it, you know, usually I just love everyone and I still love everyone. But when it comes to romantic partners, I think I have a high bar and that high bar is set because of a lot of those things that happened to me when I was younger and not just younger. Like it's happened to me three times, once in high school, once in college, and then once a year before I wrote my book or 
during the writing of my book with a client. And so I was just like a person I trusted. I worked with them for a year. They were very prestigious. Like, And I was like, how could this happen after all this healing work I've done, after all these things I've done? How can this still happen? Like, how is this possible? What am I doing wrong? Wow. Like, why, you know? And then I realized, well, you haven't told your story. You're just writing about your story, but you still... And you still have a lot of shame around telling people about what happened to you. So I, I start to breathe into that. And it was true. Like since that incident happened, I had told anyone about it. I like pretended like it didn't happen. I was in the middle of helping my aunt heal from Parkinson's. I was helping friends out with their company. Um, my business was full swing. Like I didn't even have time to address it, report it. And I was just like, I just wanted to pretend it didn't happen. Mm. But then I was in a retreat circle where a girl was saying she had gotten assaulted and she had disconnected from her body and she was sharing how she felt unworthy and I knew she looked up to me. And in that moment, I felt this energy in my body like I should share my story. And I told her, I was like, I want you to know that no matter what happens to your body, no one can touch your spirit. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know, just you know, I know months ago before I told this, this is what happened to me. And look at me, I'm still going, I'm still moving. And she started crying and I started crying and I hugged her. That was my first time sharing the story in the sharing circle. And that's when I realized what I call now, you can reveal it to heal it. So after that, I actually got rushed to the ER. I had a cyst growing in my ovary. It completely ruptured when I, when I told my story. And from them, I was getting headaches. I wanted to vomit. I, I just went through this whole healing crisis after this, like for no reason. I hardly ever get sick. And so I was rushed there. And then they were like, have you had a cyst? I was like, no, I've never had anything wrong with my body. They're like, yeah, you have an air pocket and looks like that's what was there. And I was like, how is this even possible? That doesn't make sense. But then spiritually, you know, it did make sense, you know? Yes. And so now I encourage people like to tell your story, share your story. Don't be ashamed of what happened to you. Report incidents of assault when it happens to you right away so that people could get the help that they need. And so other people don't experience the same trauma that you had to go through. Wow, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, it's not always easy, but over time, the more you share, the more you're not attached to the story, you're attached to the healing, you're attached to the overcoming. Again, you're attached to not being a victim, but a creator. And now I'm creating a world where no matter what happens to you, you realize you are love, and no one can take that away. Mm. So when that initial experience took place in high school, mm -hmm. Of course, I'm sure you started to, again, like build walls and create these narratives around mm -hmm. men and how it's and just like connecting with you. Like there's I never sense like from the moment, <laughs> like there's no like like skepticism or like, yo, mm -hmm. I want to keep my distance from this dude. And I think it's a true sign that you are doing the work again, like you're embodying all the messages that you're saying and preaching. And I think that's so powerful. Um, I'm just. I'm just curious because what I see, you know, in myself and other people, other people is through these experiences, we start to build up walls. And a lot of times those walls are what's blocking all the blessings from coming in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so someone who's listening right now, who maybe has something that from, from their childhood or something recent that they haven't been able to maybe face and start taking ownership and start moving forward to that healing process, what is something that they can do maybe 
starting now, starting tomorrow? Is it writing? What would you suggest? I think that's a great question. And I want to just be honest, like, especially after the high school experience, I broke, I had a boyfriend at the time and I broke up with him because I didn't feel worthy of him, you know? Mm. And so that, that happened, you know, and that was my first love. And so, um, and I felt like if I ever told him it was my fault because I shouldn't have been with my friend by myself, you know, and all these things. And so, um, it was a lot, but I honestly didn't really start healing from that trauma until I started yoga. So it took me starting yoga and breath work and starting to practice self-care to start to heal. So anyone listening, the first thing I would say do is start practicing breath work. Just deep inhale and exhale. Just breathing anytime anxiety comes up, just... Yes, that deep inhale and exhale. And close your eyes and place your hands on your heart, your right hand, and then your left hand on top of your right. And just say, I am love. 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 That's something anyone can do. Even if you're injured, you you just got in an accident, you're in a hospital, everyone can breathe and everyone can say, I am love, right? And so from there, I recommend doing, you know, some breath work. There are different types of breath work at different types of levels, but I think just focusing on 10 deep breaths, closing your eyes, and thinking about your happy place. So Mm. think about a place in the world you want to go. Maybe it's the ocean, maybe it's a park, maybe it's the mountains that you could just be happy and free and express, because what that does, instead of, you know, even if you're like in a negative place or in a dark place or you know even if you're confined it starts to give you in that state of gratitude and positivity even if you can't physically take yourself you might be in jail you know you can't physically take yourself to these places but you can in your mind once you start to take yourself there in your mind things start happening to your cells things start happening to your dna so you don't feel like i'm trapped i'm dark i'm confined or i'm labeled by this incident that happened to me this dark ugly, nasty event that happened to me. A lot of people stay in that darkness for so long. Mm. I stayed in that darkness for so long. But it wasn't until I came over to I am love, I am joy, I am free, I can heal. That's when I started healing. So if someone listening right now starts to breathe, starts to think about the happy place, um, and then you start, you know, the happy place is getting them into meditation without saying you're into meditation, you got to sit somewhere still and quiet. When I first start teaching meditation, I teach people to sit, breathe, and think about their happy place for five to 10 minutes every single day. That alone will help people process so much pain and really sit with themselves. I think that's a beautiful start. And if you want to journal, write down what you're feeling. So if any fears come up, if any angers, Mm. if you want to cuss, if you want to yell, if you want to shout, if you want to scream, let it come out and just journal how you feel. Expression. I just posted something today. It's called, you know, my mindful mindset. And number one is express. Mm. Express yourself. And then number two, you want to really then express gratitude. This happened to me, but I'm grateful I'm still alive. Mm. This happened to me, but I'm grateful I still have my family. This happened to me, I'm grateful. So express the things that you're grateful for. And then number three, set your intention. Where, how do you feel like you're going to move forward? Like, I'm going to move forward not letting this define who I am. I'm going to move forward in my truth and love. And then you make yourself an empowering affirmation. I am enough. I am love. 
I am powerful. I am worthy. And when you make that affirmation, that's what you're going to repeat to give you strength. And you go through those steps as many times as you need to. I do these steps every day. Anytime I'm frustrated, I was frustrated. Someone sent me an email about an event the other day and I had to go through my mindful, you know, mindset because I was like, okay, about this specific situation, what is frustrating with me? What am I grateful for about this situation? What do I need to focus on? What is my intention with even saying I was going to do this thing in the first place and how what can empower me to move forward and you need to stand in my power and not do it or move forward with it in my power and make a good decision. So you can use these steps and you can get through any argument, any relationship, any job opportunity, because you need, a lot of us, we stuff our feelings. We're not expressing how we truly feel. We're doing things because people want us to, that it's not true to ourselves. When we stuff emotion, that negative energy goes into our body and it causes health problems. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love that everything you mentioned is completely free. It's free. Like Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Like get outside, get some sunshine, connect with nature, Mm -hmm. take those deep breaths. I mean, the average human is taking 25,000 breaths a day, and so many of those we're not aware and intentional about. So I think that's such a great place to start. And then the mantras and the affirmations really getting into our subconscious mind Mm -hmm. I think is so powerful. Um, And I think it's also important to point out I did a transformational training back in June Mm -hmm. and a lot of this stuff was getting shared. People were sharing things that were coming up during these exercises and people are sharing about abuse, uh, physical abuse, verbal abuse, all these terrible things that I could not even imagine were possible. And during this process, I found myself being overcome by guilt. I felt so guilty because I didn't have any traumas that compared to those. So then we went through this other exercise and, uh, and basically the facilitator of the training, she, she said at the end of the night, like all the men with beards have to come back tomorrow and shave their beards, like completely baby face. And as I was driving back, yo, like no joke, like as I was driving back, I found myself with so much resentment and like I, I was straight up, I wasn't going to come back to the training. I was like, why am I having so much resistance at shaving this like hair on my face, right? And then as I was looking in the mirror when I got home, it just brought back all of these vivid images and memories of me in elementary school getting told to write sentences from my dad, I will not talk in class, I will not talk in class. And I think that subconsciously, just like the positive mantras, all of that subconsciously seeped into my being. And through high school and through college, I lost my voice. And that was an unconscious decision I made. Like there's times I want to speak up in class or something going on around campus and I didn't stand up for it. I didn't have the courage to speak up because I didn't think my voice mattered. Mm. And it was all stemming from this, these little trivial things that happened during my childhood that I didn't think tw- twice about. So I encourage everyone listening, like it might, you, even if you haven't experienced, experienced something to your level, You know, we all have these little things that have happened throughout our childhood, whether it's with our parents, our siblings, our classmates, a partner that have somehow programmed us and reflect the way that we're showing up now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so important to raise the uh, the self-awareness. Right. And and to your point, too, the reason you felt so bad is because if anyone's suffering, everyone is suffering. Yeah. That's why it's so important to share because you're a human and so it affected you. And mm-hmm. even though you hadn't went through those traumas because 
you're human and you feel and you care about people, that's why you felt it. And you felt it because sometimes just because a trauma didn't happen to you doesn't mean you don't help people do something about it. And if it didn't happen to you, that's you might be able to hold space for the person to help them get through the trauma, you mm. see? So it, we all have a role in this thing. We don't have to have a trauma specific to someone else's trauma to be able to feel that pain, not to the same level, but feel, and be able to hold space for that person and and just be there for them. Because a lot of time when you go through trauma, you don't want someone to have a trauma similar or talk about their thing. You literally just want to be held and listened to and know yes. that I'm not looked at differently because of what happened to me and stuff like that. So I think it's so important for us to realize that we all are different and when we can just hold each other from a space of love, that re that's really what means the most when you're in a setting, like you said, in a classroom where some people are, are sharing different levels of trauma. And as you said, we all are experiencing traumas at different levels. We all experience unconscious trauma. I mean, people right now are experiencing trauma, so we all are experiencing trauma at a specific level. Mm. And the more we realize that and connect to that, the more that we'll do something about those microaggressions that are happening all over the world. Every day, we're experiencing microaggressions either to ourselves or we might see someone else that someone said something or did something or something on social media where someone was rude because something didn't, someone didn't think like them or look like them. When you really take that on, if you want to experience, then you take that on as that's happening to me because mm. it is. It is. Mm, I love that. Um, I'm just curious. I'm going to break one of the four agreements right now and make an assumption okay. that a lot of people, especially since writing the book and talking about it more openly, have probably come to you and shared some of their traumas, experiences. And knowing you, I'm sure that you've held space in a really powerful way. I'm just wondering, though, is there ever a point where, like, the energy exchange is so out of balance, like, where you're giving so much of your compassion and energy and, like, maybe not necessarily having a place to receive the same in return? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I created my company, Get Loved Up. Mm. Get loved up. Our motto is love yourself, love others, love the planet in that order. So in order for me to love you or anyone else in the world, I have to first love myself and do my own work and in my own healing. Just we were hanging out last night and singing music and I looked at my clock. I was like, I have to go because I have to hold space. I have to do this podcast and I have to do an event. So if I don't get enough sleep, if I don't get my meditation time, if I don't have all this time to process everything, if I'm like up because I'm free and I have freedom and I can do whatever I want to do, but I stay up into three o'clock and I wake up and I'm tired and I have to bang caffeine to just get here, I'm going to show up in a different energy than yeah. if I'm well rested and then I've processed any emotions like at an event I was, I processed that pain. So I don't have to bring it. That energy isn't taking my energy. So I have more energy to give my students and give my community. You see? Yeah. So the more us as teachers, we as teachers and light workers commit to the practice, not just teaching what we learn, but commit to the daily practicing of what we preach yes. and doing the meditation and the yoga and not perfection. Cause let me be honest. 
honest, I just skipped my yoga practice for like two or three weeks. Yeah. You know, so it's not perfection, but it's a commitment to the practice. Mm. And yes, I skipped my yoga practice for three weeks, but I was doing deeper breath work and spiritual work and meditation and hypnotherapy. So it's not about perfection. It's not all about doing things one way. It's making a commitment to evolution, yeah. making a commitment to growth and the different ways that that looks like. And so I would say, just to answer your question specifically, I have had times where it's been heavy for me to receive a lot of work and a lot of trauma or get overwhelmed, if you will. And that lets me know I haven't been practicing enough self-care. Ah. So whenever that happens, I go practice self-care. I get massages. I get therapy if I need it. I, you know, talk to other teachers to help me process. I remember I was doing massage and I was taking on headaches and sciatica. I was, you know, healing people, but I wasn't trying to, and it wasn't my intention. So I had to go to another healer to ask them, okay, what's happening and why? And I stopped doing massage because I couldn't really control it. I have a compassionate heart. So if I'm mm. working on someone and I care about them, I'm automatically going to try to balance out any trauma or negative energy. Even with relationships, I do the same thing. Yeah. My partners, I'm sleeping with them. And it's just like I'm connecting and I'm balancing energy. So I have, I've learned being empathic, being very sensitive, that I have to fill my cup up a ton yeah. and balance a ton in order to be the light worker that I am and to, to be able to lead from a place where I'm giving from the overflow and not from a depleted cup. Yeah, you definitely overflowing. I think it's <laughs> I think for anyone who's watching this, like you can just see how vibrant Koya is. Like when she walked in from outside, I was like, Yes, like she is well rested. She definitely filled her cup up this morning. Like we're gonna <laughs> have a you. fire show. I'm so excited for this. I'm wondering now, as as you've established uh, a following and just a reputation for being one of the elite teachers, practitioners, and connectors out there, like what is something now that you're ready to conquer maybe in 2020 that has been, that maybe you put on the back burner? I mean, you did just write this book, which is pretty huge. That came out in June, right? Right. So is there something maybe like a 2020 project or or something along those lines that you have your, your site set on? Well, I really am stepping into my power as a spiritual teacher, and I believe we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and a lot of us have, uh, because of different religions and different ways of growing up, we have a different um, relationship with God or spiritual or religion, whatever you want to call it. It's just a very um, wounded relationship with God, love, the universe. And so my goal is to be able to speak some love into that. And I know it's not easy because there's so many names for God, one. Um, for two, there's so much trauma that has happened. You know, there's a lot of fear-based doctrines out there that really you know, shames you and make you feel like a wretch and bad and like you're going to hell and all of these things. And when all of those, um, when a person feels like, okay, no matter what I've done, I'm doomed, which is how some people feel, even though there's a lot of light in the Bible and there's a lot of, you know, positivity and Psalms and, and ways that it's saying you are love and we are one. 
I think a lot of people attach to the negative side of it. And my goal is to bring the positive out, bring the, just like with my family, is to say, hey, we can live in love and unity and light and we can say God and we can say spirit and we can talk and be one and we can be unified. So my goal is to lead as a spiritual teacher this year and everything that I do, every podcast, every book, everywhere I go is just let, to let people know it's okay to have a strong spiritual relationship. You can still have fun. We can still, you know, just live a full life. I think a lot of people also think if you live a spiritual life, then it's like limiting in some mm. way, right? Um, but that's because there's a lot of judgment. There has been a lot of judgment in the past, you know, in the religion I came from specifically. I felt like, well, if I did this, if I said something wrong, then, you know, I was bad. Or if I did this, I was a bad person. If I did this, then I'm not good enough. You know, all these things that made me feel if I didn't do things perfectly, I wasn't good enough. But that's what I was telling myself. But now I know if I do something that's out of alignment with love, all I have to do is make a choice to do something in alignment with love or just look at it. How did that make me feel? Mm. How did that make someone else feel? And then change it around. So now I want to just love in a way and share spirituality in the way that we're all connecting with each other in oneness as spiritual beings. And we're not judging or shaming each other, but we're just being each other's reflection. We're holding space for each other and we're saying it's okay at any point we can vibrate at a frequency of love and all is well just like jesus on the cross it's like oh do you want to say you'll never steal again you're about to die but like just like profess that you know you are love and you are love it's that easy so anyone listening at any time you can change your life around and say i want to vibrate at a frequency of love i want to do things in alignment with love and even though you still might after you say that do something that's not but just say you know what I remember, I'm not choosing that anymore. And just keep moving forward because it's not about being perfect. It's about making a commitment to love. And that's what spreading love consciousness is about. So my biggest mission for 2020 is to spread love consciousness as a spiritual leader. Mm. And do you feel in the past it's been more focused on like physical body and movement. And so you're trying to kind of hone in and put a higher emphasis on the spiritual aspect. hundred mm. percent. Um, yoga is very spiritual, but a lot of people it's gotten popular. So a lot of people might think it's just about the asana. You know, we pray in sports. We're like, you know, God help me do whatever it is I'm trying to do. But it's like when I need something, I pray, you know, but really through all the training and everything, we're really calling on the highest version of ourselves to show up. And we're committed and we're dedicated and that's why we're able to excel at a high rate. Yes. Anything we in life we put that intention towards, we're going to be able to vibrate at a higher frequency. And so I feel like when you really cultivate that spiritual energy that like an athlete will have, and we're both athletes, so I'm talking in that round, but the athletic um, determination to excel, if you want to excel spiritually, which is the most important thing, I believe, because again, we're spiritual beings. I believe we come here and we all die, but our spirit is still left. So why not work on our spiritual selves, right? Because that's the thing that no matter what you believe of where you're going or what's happening to you after you die, I think most of us agree that, you know, our spiritual self is going to, something's going to happen to it, right? Right. And so I think focusing on that while we're in this human experience and connecting with that is really important. And so that's what I want to focus on, diving into myself and sharing with others as I go. 
Yeah, and you're doing a phenomenal job. I'm so <laughs> excited. Like, I'm, it's crazy, it's crazy, and I know you talk a lot about this, about intuition and synchronicity, and these words get thrown around a lot. For me, like the last six to nine to 12 months have just been a culmination of all of those things. And it's mm-hmm. like trying, trying less hard and just letting things really just seeing how they play out and flow. And, and like some of these things you couldn't even like draw up if you tried. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful when you have that type of flow going. And yeah, I'm so grateful for everything you shared. I think so many people are going to gain value from your message. I know so many already are. And uh, I'm just so excited for my audience to hear more of you. And um, I just want to finish with a little wrap up a little rapid fire because because right. I know a lot of this stuff is on the deeper end of things for people so <laughs> so let's get a little playful for a second okay, okay. what is Koya Webb's favorite emoji oh my favorite emoji is the heart yes of course it is and you mentioned before about finding your happy place what would that happy place be for you ocean 100% on ocean sandy beach have you been to the beach yet since you've been here I have not Believe it or not. You got to try and make it happen. Um, I want to know, uh, okay, last supper, last supper, you have three people, dead or alive, can't be family, can't be, can't be direct family. Like who are you going to choose for those three seats? Oh my goodness. This is so hard. Okay. It doesn't have to be anyone well-known either. Like if it's one of your teachers, that's cool too. Okay. I got three people. I'm going to have uh, Maya Angelou, Michelle Obama, and Oprah Winfrey. Mm, that is, <laughs> wow, that's so powerful. Oh, my goodness. Those are my girls. Okay, what is Koya's biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is fear <laughs> in all its forms. Okay, got you. All right. I know that's the easy but hard one, but it's true. Um, Koya, I want to acknowledge you. Because I know we've been flowing and I've been told that we're running low on time. But I want to acknowledge you for just showing up as the truest, most authentic version of you. And the way that you're spreading light and making an impact, making waves in the community all over the world. Just by really sharing your story and holding space at such a powerful level. And for, for someone like me... It's great to have people like you to look up to. And I'm just so grateful that we connected this weekend. And like I said, I I really don't believe in accidents. And I'm so grateful that we connected. I'm so excited for tonight to keep keep learning from you. And and I definitely just want to finish off by giving you the opportunity to share, again, your book, where people can connect on a deeper level with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity to share with you and your community. Thank you for embracing me with open arms and showing me around Miami. I really appreciate the love that you are. And um, um, people can find out more about me at KoyaWeb.com, K-O-Y-A-W-E-B-B. You can get my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, How to Turn Common Obstacles into Seeds for Growth. You can get that on Amazon. You can get it on my website, KoyaWeb.com, or anywhere good books are 
sold. It's in Barnes and Noble. It's on audio. You can get any version of it that you want. Um, and then my, I have a podcast as well. So the Get Loved Up podcast. You can come on there and you know um, see what I'm talking about over there. It's all about holistic health and wellness, and really you know diving into that spiritual self and how mm. we're taking care of ourselves, how we're taking care of each other, and how we're taking care of the planet. And and yeah, I, I love to stay in contact with my community. So come and join me. Yeah, and a couple quick things about this book. Guys, it's so dope because I'm all about like actionable steps. Mm -hmm. And it's great to read things, but if we're not really processing them on an intentional level, then it's not really going to do us so much good. So there's so many exercises in here to create mantras, morning routines, and I know this is going to be a game changer for people who read it. And I just want to know, like, this is at Barnes & Noble, right? Yes. What was your reaction, like, seeing your <laughs> book, seeing your face on the shelf at Barnes & Noble? It's it's actually a long story because my friend's like, I wonder if your book is in Barnes & Noble. I was like, it's not in I didn't even think it would be in there. She's like, let's just go tech. And I literally had anxiety. I was like, no, I didn't want to because I was scared it wasn't going to be there. Mm. I was just scared I wasn't worthy, right? And then we went in there. It was there. And I started crying because it was like so like just surreal but it's crazy that even though I've written a book and it's out there I still have moments where I don't feel worthy or I feel like oh my god like I can't believe this is my reality mm. but this is what happens when you keep saying yes to love and you keep knowing that you are worthy of all the best things life have to, has to offer we are all worthy of all the best things life has to offer Wow, that's a great way to finish. I'm so grateful for you, Koya. Guys, you already know what time it is. It's time to attack your fears and stand up to sitting. <laughs> Boom! Stand up to sitting. Let's go. Let's go.